0: Uranium, uranium, uranium. Yes, we will talk gold. Yes, we will talk cryptos. Yes, we will talk Biden. Yes, we'll talk Moderna and 9-11 and what we've learned and what we haven't and about invisible sculptures. But we will definitely, definitely be focusing on uranium. A lot to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 134 of our therapy sessions, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you, sir? Could have
1: made a lot of money if you listened to the 133 episodes before this one. I'm doing great, Jordo. How are you doing?
0: I am phenomenal. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's a little bit of both. Let's get into the Uranium space. Fission Uranium. Has a 52 week low of 23 cents. If I recall correctly, it dropped to as low as 10 cents right before that. Here it is trading at a buck 12. Um, One month chart, it's doubled. It's up 100% in the last four weeks. I went away to Beaver Creek. I'll talk about the Beaver Creek Precious Metal Summit. I was gone for a week, dropped our 18 year old off at school in Pennsylvania, took a flight from there straight to Colorado. POW out for a couple of days, got some great work done, vetted some companies, had some phenomenal meetings. Um, and, and in that time span, <laughs> fission was up another 50-60%, right? Azarga Uranium um is 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 being bought out and and trading like another partner may step up, or it's just gonna keep going higher with the rest of the space. And oh, by the way, the Wall Street Redditors, they're they're on it now as well. So it's <laughs> Ah, who who saw that one coming, Nick, right? <laughs> And the moral of the story, it's not to pound our chest and say, hey, we told you all to get ready. We told you to get positioned. Um, we could do that all day and night. There's timestamps on all our stuff. You can go look at the research. Nick's had presentations from, you know, a year ago, two years ago. I've written to you in the last several weeks, months, and years about getting positioned ahead of time and making sure that you're early, not late, because these these bull cycles are violent, and you could miss out on 200% gains um, if, if, if you're waiting on the sidelines for CNBC to tell you to get in the game. But that is the point that I want to drive home. The resource space is highly cyclical. You have to know that bear markets naturally produce that kind of slingshot effect that we're seeing in the uranium space. And I got news for everybody that thinks that, you know, these prices are getting ahead of themselves and they have technical analysis and they have fundamental research and they have price targets. All of that is fine and dandy, Throw that out of the window for a little bit because yes, there are going to be forty and fifty percent pullbacks in this in this little run that we're going to get into. But um, this is going to go on for a little bit. It's not going to be weeks. It's going to be months. And you know, if I had to guess, I, I, I sent a note out to subscribers about how long I thought this would last and where it would get to. And I won't say it here yet because it's not fair to paying subscribers that you know have waited years for 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 this for this market to kind of turn. Um, but I think we're in for a hell of a ride. Any thoughts? I know you have some, Nick.
1: I mean, so many thoughts, uh, sort of tough to organize them. I, I'll do my best to to do so. Um,
0: do what I do. Don't organize them. Just throw them on the wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you, you mentioned a year ago, I was giving a presentation and that was in February of, of 2020. And it was uh, the title of the talk was Uranium When? With a question mark and mm. basically wondering when is this uranium bull market going to happen? And I was saying that Um, And I won't recap the whole past 10 years because we did that in the last podcast. But but what I will say is that the sector was down 90 percent. We knew that it was a a when, not a if. We've been through that. We know that it's a a large part of uh, the globe's clean energy baseload power source. Um, But then over the past year, you had a really sort of a bottoming process where um, like Energy Fuels was laying off people at the White Mesa Mill, for example. That's like the only company that was producing uranium in the US was laying off people. And then you had a uranium companies changing their name, like, you know, how in the resource space, uh, like you said, it was cyclical. So... Uh, for a while, gold companies were becoming cannabis companies, were becoming uh, crypto companies. Like that's a that's a trope in the sector, right? We laugh about that. How there's these trend chasing lifestyle companies, but you had the opposite of that in uranium last year, where companies were taking uranium out of their name, right? And so uh, I was I, I was <laughs> highlighting that as a as a true uh, bottom marker of the the sector, anecdotally, right? Of course, the price had been below the cost of production for uh, a long time, and that had to. Change And that sort of brings us up into uh, modern times and what you are writing about today, because, um, like you say, it's cyclical and you can own a name for a long time, like a fission and be buried in it um, and wake up one day and and be up on your money. And be
0: smart again.
1: (laughs) Now, that's not a strategy, right? So. Um, What do I want to say? Like, uh, so the things that we said about the uranium market are true. The bulk of the gains come in the beginning, right? You've got to be in when the uh, sector turns. And then uh, let's talk about where we are now, because that's Mm. important, right? We can, Mm -hmm. and you were writing about that this morning, and I'll let you take back over. But for me, the points are uh, sort of this, uh, and you highlighted one is that the price of uranium still isn't uh, a cost of production level, right? We know it takes 50, 60 bucks a pound for many uranium companies to take it out of the ground. And we're only at $40 uh, a pound. And then uh, you mentioned Wall Street bets uh, as well. And so uh, I guess what I would have to say is that the uranium space is so small. There's only uh, a a couple of dozen companies in the uh, space that if these Wall Street uh, bets folks want to come, uh, that's fine and dandy. They, they had a lot of fun with their, you know, uh, short interest positions. But NYSE listed short interest positions uh, are not uranium stocks. And so uh, I think it's going to be interesting if if outside buying comes in and then you're going to have um, – You know, all these new ETFs and passive funds, too, that are going to have to buy these stocks uh, for momentum trades or uh, for whatever it is, or because people are piling into the sector. And you can talk about more about that with money coming into the to the physical trust. Right. And so uh, all that to say, I think, you know, still upside and. Uh, this is one of those things where, like, everyone's going to be a uranium expert now, is the, is the sort of the last thing I wanted to mention. Just like mm. everyone was a cannabis expert and everyone was a crypto expert. And so, yeah, like like you were saying, is um,
0: we know, got timestamps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and it's sort of like we're well, Wayne Gretzky, right? Which is something I brought up recently. And, yeah. You know, everybody always talks about being where the puck is going. We've been just sitting here waiting for the puck for a long time because we knew that uranium had to go up, just like we knew that copper prices had to go up. And we knew that there was no way the U.S. was producing enough lithium and whatever, earths for its goals. And so I guess I would just plant the seed for the next thing, right? Because I saw an article this morning on Bloomberg about how this big solar panel breakthrough happens. (laughs) It's reliant on using more copper, and I just smiled.
0: There are things in the world that are so obvious, right? And in the markets, you can get rich. You can get wealthy if you actually have some conviction about you. And let me tell you what is abundantly obvious. Sugar Daddy Sprott <laughs> just upped its $300 million ATM basket of money that it's going to use to gobble up uranium pounds to $1.3 billion. This is continued buying in the spot market at whatever pace they deem appropriate for them, which will translate into a ton of spot uranium getting taken out of the market. There's a billion or so left. They're not, you know, hiding the strategy. They're not being quiet. They're telegraphing it and letting everybody know it's not a coincidence that the spot price has gone from 30 to 33 to 35 when Sprott got involved to 43 and others you know ask at 44 right now um we know that the spot price has to get to at least $55-60 a pound before any of these producers seriously decide to invest in their infrastructure and personnel to bring operations back online. I'm talking about ISR uh, producers that can produce cheaply and quickly, right? And there's there's companies in the portfolio um which again Nick and I, you know, to our credit, we we we've been able to position subscribers Although it's taken some patience um, in a way where you have exposure to ISR producers, you have exposures to like the Azargas of the world that got taken out, or it's being proposed that they get taken out. Um, the you know, other companies that have high grade um pounds in the Athabasca basin, you name it, there's a good basket of exposure to the different types of uranium companies because not all of them are alike. But the price is going higher. The move is is just starting. I'm actually delighted because I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing, you know, a couple of uh, long-term uranium bulls that are saying sold out of this, sold out of that, or sold half today and writing out the rest. And again, it sounds cliche, but you'll never go broke taking a profit. Kudos to anybody that's taking, you know, a triple digit win off the table and taking 50% off or taking the whole thing off. Congratulations. Go do something nice for yourself and your family. You earned that. But I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. I'll I'll save what's going to happen till the end of the month because I plan on writing, you know, a a bit more in depth for uh, Junior Resource Monthly subscribers at the end of the month. But it is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be volatile and it's a precursor to what's going to happen in the gold space. So I do believe in the gold spaces I wrote this morning. It's going to be a little bit more nuanced, and it's going to actually take a little bit longer to play out, which means less volatility and more sustainability. But I think a lot of fun to come in the uranium space, and and yeah, I I think that's where we are today.
1: I would just remind you that uh, at the end of the last uranium bull, the sector ETF, the Global X Uranium ETF. It topped out well over a hundred bucks actually though they're not related it went to almost like the price of uranium the the ETF went to one hundred and forty bucks um, It's not related to the price of your uranium of course it owns uranium equities but um, right now it's sitting at uh, twenty eight dollars for example and so um, more than five times higher at the peak of the last uranium bowl for some context
0: and and here's some more context. I also uh, you know believe that the world is going to make a bigger effort. Um, to pivot towards nuclear power. So, you know, I, I, I recorded a, 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 a podcast, um, about a month or so ago talking about the perfect storm for uranium. This was back in early August and, you know, everything just, again, if you just pay a little attention and, and, you know, granted, I do this for a living and, and love the space. I love the resource space. I love trading. I love the hustle. Um, but if if you were just paying a little bit of attention you could see the catalyst all lining up all the dominoes were lining up and i I, I think a big one that's really underestimated outside of sprot outside of everything else that's going on is the fact that you know the, 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 there's a, a a global movement um to pivot towards cleaner energy and you're just not going to be able to hit your targets um if 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 you don't include more nuclear in that equation and so no, I think it's going to be a fun time. It doesn't mean that you don't wake up tomorrow and everything's down 22% as everybody decides to take profits. Um, or it, it also doesn't mean that if the overall indices you know, have a black swan event where things crash, well, guess what's going to get hit right away as well? People are going to go liquidate those two, 300% gains that they're sitting on, right? Just to be safe. And so opportunities will present themselves. The question you got to ask yourself is, you know, we told you about Azarga at 25 cents. Heck, you financed it at what, Nick, seven and a half or something like that?
1: So I financed URZ Energy, which was ultimately merged with Azarga and uh, a forward split, excuse me, uh, two for one. Yeah, so shares at uh, seven and a half cents from a 15 cent financing.
0: There you go. So whether you got in at seven and a half, at 15, at 25, wherever you got in, look, the stock's sitting at like 75 cents right now. And I I, I I, am pretty confident that it's headed higher. Doesn't mean that we don't wake up tomorrow and it's back at 55, 60 cents because a fund decided that it needs to tap out and, and take its profits, right? It's the way that the markets work. But I think that in the uranium space, a lot of the risk was mitigated because of the drastic beat down of prices, and that brings me to gold, because I think you know we're we we're, we're seeing a similar thing in the gold space right now. Where I just got back from the precious metal summit in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and I joked on Twitter that we we're all there to congratulate ourselves being, on being uranium bulls, right? Um, but it, but it, but it was it, there was some truth to that. And what I mean by that is everybody's looking around, just wondering when the fundamentals are going to catch up.
1: Well, when's it our turn?
0: When's it our turn? And and our turn is coming. And what I am telling everyone out there listening is a lot of the risk has been mitigated. And it hasn't been fun. A lot of positions are you know down 50% from 52-week highs. It's the way the process works. Um, I can tell you in the next several months, I will be refining the portfolio to make sure that companies that are not active, that are waiting for the market to turn, they're not going to be in the portfolio anymore. You have to be active. I want companies that... Are being opportunistic that are taking advantage of the downturn. That, that 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 applies for copper, that applies for gold, that applies for anything. Um, and so yeah, you'll be seeing some movement in the portfolio on both the trading service and uh the monthly letter there. But the gold space is setting up beautifully. Look, Anglo Gold Ashanti just announced it's buying uh the remaining 80.5% stake in Corvus Gold in Nevada for 370 million. Um, and and let me quote the uh, anglo Ashanti. let me quote what it is that it was looking for. They were looking for a meaningful, low-cost production base in a premier mining jurisdiction. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in, in the Junior Resource Monthly portfolio, the companies that have held up the best um, are companies that have meaningful, low-cost production bases in premier mining jurisdictions. The sole exception being... Perpetual Resources, which I'll have an update for subscribers here in the next week or so. Um, but outside of that, you know, the the probes and, you know, a couple of the other names, these names are near 52-week highs, right? And so um, a lot of opportunity. The explorers are a gift. We have tax law selling season coming up. Some of those gifts will become even cheaper. So, you know, pay attention to that space and come up with a strategy. And if, you know, I, I, is uranium the new crypto space? probably for the next 12 months, I think.
1: Uh, We can talk about crypto too. I I think the point I wanted to to make or what I thought of while you were talking there is that, um, you know, I financed URZ Energy, which became a Zarga four or five years ago, right? You talk about uh, writing on the wall and, Mm -hmm. and seeing things that are going to happen and then having the conviction, right? Conviction is a big Uh, Part of that. I mean, Azarga didn't go straight up after 2015, 2016. It had a tough road to hoe, like the rest of the uranium sector for the uh, past five years. But similar to the gold space, as you just related it, um, the things that make for a quality uh, gold speculation uh, in the exploration and development space uh, are the same now as they were last year, as they were the year before that. And you just touched on them, right? Uh, Quality assets. Uh, good jurisdictions. Um, and I would add to that, of course, you know, people and share structure and even, um, you know, we continue to see these acquisitions and, and, and uh, I've had uh, my share uh, as well. If you're, you know, looking at companies like uh, Taranga and mm-hmm. uh, others, but even in the Corvus camp, right? Like I had mm-hmm. readers of Bullfrog. Bullfrog. Absolutely. was taken out last year. It's in the same exact geographic region. And so uh, the things that we look for, uh, substitute the commodity or the currency with whatever you want, gold, copper, uranium, nickel, uh, on down the line, right? Rare earths, PGEs, whatever it is, it's um, it's sort of the same due diligence process and it's the same uh, cyclical nature, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so uh, once you get good at identifying what makes the good speculations, and if you can layer on, to- on top of that any sort of... Uh, expertise in either uh, the market cycle itself, or heaven forbid, if you know something about rocks, then you can be really dangerous, right?
0: Throw in a little bit of luck and you can even look smart. (laughs) 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 Let's talk gold. I I, I mentioned I was at the Beaver Creek Precious Metal Summit. Um, It was a productive summit. I would say that of the 1,600 or so registrants, about half of those were there in person. a lot of win, a lot of question asking. Win, 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 win. Right? When? When will the magna golds of the world? Um, when will the perpetual resources of the world companies that again have clear, clear. Uh, paths towards much higher valuations. When 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 does that happen? And anybody that tells you they know exactly when is lying to you. Just like anybody that tells you they knew exactly when the uranium stocks were going to catch fire was lying to you. Some of us did tell you that Sprott coming in was going to be a big deal and would have a material consequential effect. And hopefully you use that to prepare. But you know the the, the bottom line is gold still looks pretty good, Nick. It's it's sitting right here today at seventeen ninety two. Silver's below the twenty four level. Those numbers are not going to get anyone excited. What are you looking for in the precious metal space?
1: Other things to not go up as fast or faster. I mean, mm-hmm. basically that's what's happening. I mean, for me, uh, sort of like uranium, right? I mean, capital didn't have to go into uranium because it wasn't moving. And now that it is moving, it's going to attract more capital, Um I, let me give you the caveat, like sort of that you just said. I mean, gold hit a record last year. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, the question asking when, well, it might be past tense for for a little bit, right? I mean, mm. uh, it went for, to a record. And so um, I, I think, you know, what we're looking at now is uh, the stock market continues to hit records, right? Other sectors are going up uh, faster than gold. And so uh, I, I, my eye is turning toward Um, You know, the end of this year. What what is this? What is the GDP number truly going to be? Because we got to get a a sense of this this growth and and inflation and stagflation, right? Because um, honestly, if 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 the U.S. could get growth under its feet that kept pace with this rampant inflation, then it might not be great for gold. But if the growth slows, um, which is something you and I have been talking about, as far as you know, uh, stock market cycles, uh, then that would be really good for gold. Um, the other thing I would say is that, um, and you sort of said it as well, is that it's not the worst environment. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, and like you say, it's, it's, it feels worse if you're not doing anything right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Rupert resources put out a 4 million ounce resource this morning and is also near 52 week highs. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's companies that are doing stuff and, uh, the companies stepping out of the uh, developers and explorers for a second, uh, the earnings continue to be really healthy. And I know I've said that 13 fucking times now, but, um, You've been right 13
0: fucking times too.
1: uh, Franco continues to report record earnings and, you know, like, um, just as a personal investor, when I pressed the buy button on gold stocks in the past couple of weeks, it hasn't been on small companies. I bought some, and I've said this, I bought some Kinross. I started to buy some Newmont. And why am I buying Newmont? Well, let's look at the yield of Newmont, right? Um, relative to the yield of what you can get on a, on a bond or even the yield relative to you know, like the entire uh, S and P yield, for example, when you've got a uh, Newmont up at three or four per percent, these are the sort of, um, uh, gold equities, I think, that, that should be and are attracting capital. And then I think what you'll see is, and again, who am I? And no one knows when it's really going to happen. But uh, and again, as you said, it's, it's, it continues to happening. Maybe at the, not the pace we want, but another acquisition announced today, like these balance sheets are going to continue to be healthy. And uh, I think deals are going to continue to uh, be done. And so um, I guess the last thing I would say is that You don't have to to wait for some pop off moment, right? Like you're seeing with uh, uranium now, because the gold space is much larger, and so you can have successes um, by being a a truly good stock stock picker, I would say.
0: And you know, I'll I'll give you a freebie. Let let, let's pivot to copper really quick, right? Copper is looking great again at you know four twenty nine a pound. Futures are higher, of course, but. You know, Cucho Copper just announced uh, a 1.1 billion pound uh, copper equivalent resource and it's ramping up towards a feasibility study here uh, that'll have results published at the end of October. But, you know, it just increased its main deposit by 21 percent and increased the tonnage by 21 percent. It's sitting on 765 million pounds of copper, a billion pounds of zinc. Two hundred eighty-eight thousand ounces of gold, twenty million ounces of silver. This is just on the main deposit. This is only the, the, the mineralization that's in the measured and indicated categories. This excludes anything from the inferred resource or the exploration upside on the property. And here it sits with a market cap of less than seventy million dollars Canadian. That's a hell of a pick if you're looking for something that probably has a good bulk of you know the 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 the, the risk mitigated because of how advanced this deposit is the grades which will translate into margins the fact that it's got a major partner that seems keen on financing it and it's got a clear path towards permitting and production so that to me at these levels seems like a no-brainer it also seemed like a no-brainer back when it was trading at 20 something cents and we were telling you the exact same thing by the way wasn't as far for, for far along as it is now, um, but 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 again, the rocks were the same, and 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 the asset was the same, and the management was the same. So you just have to pick your comfort level as a speculator in this space. You can either buy when it's hot, you can wait until that you know first hundred percent move happens, or you could buy quality and sit on it and look. If you got to wait more than a year, all right, you just you know you you went from a short term capital gain to you know, a long-term capital gain. You'll pay less in taxes and you'll likely be rewarded if you are a good stock picker that maybe has a little bit of an idea of what he or she is doing and maybe gets a little luck to go our way as well, right?
1: Or you know or pay someone uh, who is, right? And so um, it's hard to do on your own. There's a lot of companies uh, to evaluate and there's a lot of nuance to, to how you... Uh, evaluate them. I think last thing I would say, in addition to your comment about being comfortable uh, as a speculator, is another layer of that comfort is you know knowing which sort of companies you're you're comfortable uh, valuing and doing diligence on. Like I just know for me as a personal investor, I'm not great and haven't had much success. The bulk of my success with Uh, exploration, and certainly not greenfields. I just find it tough to to put a value on those projects when it's Mm -hmm. financing time because I can't, uh, well, frankly, because I can't multiply some number times a resource base or look at an NPV or something like that. And that just makes it uh, easier for me. And so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, if you're not comfortable on the timing um, uh, and aren't, Uh, great at knowing or evaluating what the catalysts are. Uh, An easy thing, maybe not easy, but one thing that was taught to me over the years is if you buy something that has a resource base, there's a backing there, right? And so come black squans, come cycles that take longer to develop, come permits that uh, get denied and have to be reapplied for, you're still sitting on that resource base uh, and that has inherent value, even if the market isn't recognizing it at any given time.
0: Agreed. Or or you could do what an Italian artist just did. Did you hear about this one, Nick?
1: Well, maybe not this one specifically, but I think I know <laughs> what you're going to talk about.
0: An Italian artist just sold a fucking invisible sculpture <laughs> let me say that again
1: a, a, a new one because we've talked about this already. This is a no new no,
0: one. no 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 this is a new one this the, the, the last one was <laughs> it was a box of air wow. this is an invisible sculpture nick totally different <laughs> completely different this one is called i am i o sono i am sold it for over eighteen thousand dollars i o sono there you go see and and of course Of course, for over $18,000, you, the buyer, could have got a certificate of authenticity to prove that the invisible sculpture is real. And so that's where we are in 2021, y'all. You know, you could buy a perpetual resources with nearly 7 million gold ounces in reserves, um, you know, for pennies on the dollar of, of, of where it should be or you can buy an invisible sculpture for $18,000. Um you know it's it's to each their own no knock on um, on on approach there obviously someone's doing really well with these invisible sculptures and these uh these uh certificates of authenticity. I think it makes for interesting times, fun conversation. I don't know where we will be in 10 years or so, but I would much rather continue to dabble in the world of hard assets, real estate, hard assets um you know, resource companies. And every now and then, Nick throws me a bone with one of his non-resource companies that I speculate on and tend to do well. So, yeah, that's where we are. Interesting times.
1: If you buy that sculpture, you're an idiot. And so, Iosono means, <laughs> like if it was Spanish, Giordano would say, yo soy, right? And right. Yo sono is like... He- I, that's I how I pronounce it. it. <laughs> so,
0: so, to say, Un idiota. <laughs> No seas pendejo. Google it, everybody. (laughs) Um, All right. Did you hear about the lady, the Moderna lady? I was going to talk about this last week. I forgot to because I went on my rant about, you know, all the things I ranted about last week. Um, Did you hear about this 24-year-old woman who was arrested for falsifying her vaccination document? I did. (laughs) Any thoughts? (laughs) Did you hear about how she got caught? (laughs) I did. You care to tell our audience?
1: Um, So I am not, didn't read the whole article as maybe Gerardo did. He might have to fill in some details. No, there's not much to fill in. This lady who didn't want to get the vaccine or who is otherwise an anti-vaxxer tried to make a vaccine card, a fake one, a counterfeit as it were, and spelled Moderna wrong with uh, an A instead of an O for Moderna. It was Maderna. And so,
0: um,
1: yeah, there's that.
0: She wanted to go to Hawaii. She didn't want to get vaccinated. Hawaii, whether you agree or not, you're not coming through without a vaccination unless you quarantine for 14 days. Um, I've I've talked about how I don't agree with the mandates. I'll get into that um, a little bit more. We'll get into that a little bit more here in just a second. But yeah. Um, you got, babe, you got to spell Moderna, right? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> so we'll see what, what, what comes of this. I hope they don't come down too hard on her, but, um, yeah, yeah. You got to get the spelling right. Let's talk about mandates and why I am a pro-vaccination person, but very anti-mandate. And this is exactly why, right? Because President Biden has decided that he will implement an executive order mandating all federal workers and contractors um, to either be vaccinated or go through the pain in the ass of having a weekly test every week for as long as you want to be gainfully employed, right? And again, If the man's conviction on this mandate were, was so passionate and based on a belief that this would be the best thing for humanity, I would at the very least say, well, at least President Biden and his staff believe in this, right? At least they believe in it. I disagree, but at least they're consistent in the application of this. And surely him and his staff will be the first to lead the way, right? Because that's what leaders are supposed to do. It's in the fucking title. Lead-er. But of course, because this is America and government and government's going to government, the executive order, which would mandate COVID-19 vaccines among all federal workers, doesn't apply to members of Congress, doesn't apply to the federal court system, doesn't apply to their staffers. So again, America, I know we just went through, you know, The the, the anniversary of 9-11 and what have we learned and what have we done? And I saw flags, beautiful flags all around my subdivision here. As I drove to my other house, I saw more flags and everybody was patriotic and everybody was, you know, just sharing their memories about where they were. And yet the hypocrisy um, and the separation between the people and the government to me is at an all time high and so, you know, it's um, what, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander, not the case. And if we don't believe in something to the point where you got to exempt yourself or your staffers or, you know, just your group, then you don't really believe in that. So I call bullshit on it. What are your thoughts, Nick?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, that's the hypocrisy that people are tired of uh, in the government or at least growing more tired uh, of. I think people have been uh, trapped in their respective uh, camps recently and uh, hopefully are starting to slowly emerge from that uh, hibernation because, as I see it, as I've seen it for a long time, there's neither political camp does anything to uh, really advance the, the lifestyle or the livelihoods of their constituents. Uh, so I've never really uh, understood the being beholden to, to politicians of, uh, any sort. Um, gosh, the vaccine mandate. Yeah. Like if, it's, if you want everybody to take it, take it and mandate it uh, for yourselves. Right. And so um, not a lot more to say about that other than people continue to lose their damn minds over the uh, vac- <laughs> vaccines and these masks when I don't understand why it has to be uh, that big of a deal. Um don't get vaccinated. If you don't uh, want to get vaccinated and then, you know, you're going to have to deal with the, uh, the, uh, you know, p- private ownership structure that we have in the, in the U S that, that gives us sort of the, the foundation for those rights. Right. Because just like you have a right not to get vaccinated, the business owner has a right not to let you the fuck in. And so, um, if you want to, if you want to use your rights as a, as a, as a catalyst or as a reason uh, to not get vaccinated, then you have to be prepared for um, someone who doesn't uh, view the vaccination the same way as you do to, to use those reasons as well. And um, I guess I'm doing a bit of rambling, but an example of that would be like uh, United Airlines, for example, who has required that all their employees get vaccinated and, You know, the out has always been using a religious exemption, right? And so Mm -hmm. uh, they say, fine, you want a religious exemption? You are uh, working, you are not, you are working without pay. Uh, You're not working without pay. Like you're, you're at home and you're not getting paid. And so... Um, that's what at will employment is um you want to have a greater debate about you know whether this is being used for the great reset or whether government is taking advantage of this to you and control you more of course they fucking are that's what government they do <laughs> does. right be anti-government not some anti- not anti one political party because it's uh they work in unison to do that to to learn more about you and to erode your rights and it's not one party that's doing that and so uh that's my takeaway I guess.
0: So while all of you are out there not all of you obviously but for those of you that are out there beating each other up and shooting each other and you know because what Fox News or MSNBC tells you you know meanwhile Nick and I are sitting at home relaxing knowing damn well that the politicians on both sides are going to take care of us right and they're going to take care of us because we own companies and because we invest in assets that appreciate in value hopefully and when there is a taxable transaction on those assets i am always confident nick that government will make sure because of the lobbyists in this country will make sure that you and i get preferential treatment and i don't even got to do a damn thing i just got to keep running our business you got to keep running our business um we got to keep trying to guess right in the market and 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 you know apply our 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 knowledge and our skill set um and then at the end of the year we do our taxes like we do and, and send off a check, you know, although I hate doing it. Um, and, and I don't worry too much. You know, I remember during the election, the people on the right swore to me that if Biden was elected, the market was going to crash. I had friends tell me this. I'm, I'm, you bet your ass off if Biden wins, I'm selling 20% of my portfolio. Cause I expect a 20 to 30% correction. Dow 40,000 is right around the corner, baby. Hasn't happened. And then I remember the next one. Well, Gerardo, you're a business owner. You know, you co-own two companies with your business partner. Um, Aren't you worried about this 39.6% capital gains tax that Biden's going to implement? And aren't you worried that, you know, Biden's going to raise, you know, the corporate tax rate to 28%? And I laughed. I said, he's not going to do that. He might want to. He might believe in it. It's not going to happen, right? And they looked at me like I was crazy. And they said, well, why don't you think it's going to happen? And you know, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to be, you know, obnoxious about it. But in the back of my mind, I'm going because the real wealth in this country. And again, I, I, I'm well off. I don't. I, I'm not wealthy yet, um, but but I do all right. Um, the real wealth in this country has made sure that the laws are written and the lobbyists are in place to guarantee that corporations, which run this country behind the scenes, are the last ones to really get affected by any policy changes and proposals. And so when I see the Democrats proposal from the Ways and Means Committee today, and I see what they're proposing, this isn't even what's going to make the final cut, y'all. What they're proposing, it's such a drastic scale back, and I'm happy for it, but I knew it would happen. It's such a drastic scale back from what they initially had proposed on the campaign trail. So let's, let's go through it. Corporate tax rate, th- and this was the biggest jump, right? Would go from 21 to 26.5%. That one won't happen. Let me speculate now. But it is still less than the 28% that Biden initially um, campaigned on. The top rate on capital's ga- capital gains, it's not going to be 396 which is what Biden proposed and everybody told me was going to make the stock market sell off. The proposal now, it takes it from 20 to 25. And even that might not end up that way, right? Um, there's also a 38 Medicare surtax on high earners and the top capital gains rate would be twenty eight point eight percent. Now I ask you this, Nick, as somebody that is also well off and, and and you know is subject to capital gains every year and you know asset price uh, 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 appreciation. Do any of those numbers, assuming the worst, do twenty six point five percent on the corporate tax rate or or capital gains from twenty to twenty five percent? Will that discourage you from making money with me?
1: Jordan, <laughs> I, I do you one better. I, I didn't even listen to the numbers you were saying. Like, I, what am I going to do if I can sell my business? Like I don't give a
0: fuck. You're not going to quit making money, Nick. No. But what if they? I mean, what if they do tax you 39? You're not like you, you don't want to show them by making less money.
1: I guess I have to make forty percent more money. I mean, you know, that's how exactly. wealthy and, and rich individuals think, and and so it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a difference in uh, of opinion, and it's a difference of logic, and it, some of it comes with maturity, because you know, when I was younger, you know, I thought the, the government was going to run us into the ground, and there was going to be a revolution, but there's never really there's never a fucking revolution, Gerardo, for all the reasons that. You just said, and the sooner that you can understand that and the sooner that you can understand how that game really works is the faster that you can uh, not have to play that dumb fucking game, right? And so, and that's what I mean by, you know, people that are beholden to one side of the politics. Oh, Biden's going to tax you this and that. Or, um, you know, like you said, the, the market's going to end. Or remember last summer, like, <laughs> oh, if, they can, if they if they convict Derek Chauvin, like the militias are going to take over. Like, no, the fuck they're not, man. Like, they're, they're just not. And so all this, like end of the world stuff. You know, I'm also old enough now to have seen the world end a few times. So it's a major big end of world prediction, including Y2K, which is a fucking newsletter promotion to begin with. And so, um, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, these people, I don't want to say that they're, it's not lazy and it's not dumb. It's more comfort, for one. They're having their, their lowest base needs met, right? They've got their calories and they've got their orgasms and they're good. And so, uh, to move up that 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 ladder of needs. What is that? Maslow's hierarchy, right? You're going to send me back to college. Um, it's hard and it takes preparation and it takes study and uh, it takes not believing chicken little every week, right? And the politics, the US government is full of nothing but chicken littles, right? Um, on the one side, whatever. If AOC does this, the world is going to end. And on the other side, if whatever, Rand Paul or... Give me another guy, uh, you know, from from Tom Cotton or something from Kansas through this. Then the world is going to end. And the truth is that neither one of those things is true. And you should just uh tune it all the fuck out. Right. So get a good accountant, get a good lawyer and let them fucking worry about it. And you invest and run your business.
0: That's it. That's it. So while we were. You know, not celebrating, but remembering 9/11, right? And 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 you know, celebrating the liberties that America affords us, and you know, all patriotic with our flags. You know, it was interesting to me. Um, I was reading a story last week about this former Marine that was pulled over, allegedly for following a truck too closely. Right? Did you read this one, Nick? You know, I did. Uh, <laughs> so, for those of you that did not, a Nevada trooper pulled over Mister Stephen Lada former Marine. And, um, he, he explained to Mr. Laura that he may not have realized he was committing a violation, but that he was following a tanker truck a little too closely. And so they talked for a little bit and eventually the trooper said, well, look, actually we're out here just pulling people over because there's a lot of smuggling of illegal drugs and weapons and, and, and currency. And so, you know, do you mind if we go ahead and search your car? And you know, Stephen Lara, former Marine, law-abiding citizen apparently, says, you can search the car. I'm on my way to visit my daughter in Northern California. Um, and just so you know, I have a lot of cash in the car. I don't believe my money is safe in the banks. I have receipts for the withdrawals of this money. And so go ahead, search the car, right? They find eighty-seven thousand dollars in a zip top bag in the trunk. No drugs no crimes, no citations, nothing. Meaning he didn't do anything wrong, wasn't in violation of any laws, whether federal, state, or city. <laughs> so wh- what does the officer do? Gets his $87,000, throws it in the police cruiser and says, we are going to adopt your money. <laughs> That's what the process is called in America, y'all. It's called a an adoption. It's D-E-A code word. For you've been jacked, you've been robbed, right? And
1: civil asset forfeiture.
0: Civil yeah. asset forfeiture. You got it. And so, it, Mr. Laura had to get a lawyer, talk to the Washington Post, and 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 sue the government for to get his money back. And it wasn't until the Washington Post reached out. And this is why you should fucking support journalism when it's not opinion-based, when it's fact-based and it's important, right? Um, but they, they they reached out for a comment. Uh, the lawyer reached out, said, this is what we're doing. And immediately, of course, the money was returned. The Justice Department said it is now reviewing its existing policy on mm. adoptive forfeitures. Adoptive forfeitures, Nick. They're reviewing it now look forget who does it you know it's 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 happened for years on end it's gotten a lot worse here in the past you know i i i, I would say 4 to 6 years um but this can't happen this this just can it, it can't happen in america it can't happen in America. If we're going to continue to say we're the land of the free and you know do all the silly things that we do sometimes to 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 prove our political points or prove how patriotic we are, we can't not be upset at something like this. Where he can show you the receipts, he can show you where the money came from, he can show you that he, he's not committing any crimes. You can't prove he's committed any crimes. You're not even arresting him for committing any crimes. But yet you just take eighty-seven thousand dollars from the guy. That's insane. That's insane. In 2018, the amount forfeited by the Justice Department through adoptions not connected to an operation was $19.6 That's insane. In America.
1: I have a lot of thoughts on this, Gerardo, and have been talking about it for a long time. Yes, you Uh, have. In fact, it's part of the bizarro world that we find ourselves in because- uh, going back, like you say, 2016, 2017, 2018, I was giving talks about uh, why it was a bizarre world, because the cops were in fact stealing more than the robbers. If you look at the totals of things that were reported stolen versus the amount of assets that were forfeited to uh, police agencies, they were, uh, air quotes here, stealing more than actual robbers were. And, like you say, this has gone on for uh, a long time, and it's one of those things that uh, like uranium stocks, nobody cares about until they do right until it happens to you in mm. fact and so um it, this happens rampantly and and here's a couple of the more the the, the 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 most sinister part about it is that um cops are allowed to departments are largely allowed to keep this money and fund themselves with it and so Um, There was a famous one, uh, maybe not famous if you don't like keeping tabs on the police in your country, but there was a a high profile incident a couple of years ago where uh, this police department was buying like margarita machines with their civil asset forfeiture money to like serve up margaritas in their police department, right? And so, um, and now I'm going to talk for a second because once you have that, then they are then incented to get more assets forfeited, right? Um, And if you're incented to do that, then you're incented to take money like from this former Marine, even when he has receipts. Mm. And then when the law is habitually and perpetually on your side, even when you're wrong, then you get the confidence to say, I can take this money and not have any repercussions because cops never get tried. And even if they do, they're never found guilty. And so that, that interdiction, which is called police interdiction, that civil asset forfeiture, then becomes institutionalized and it becomes the de facto way of doing business. Right. And so I've talked about this before. Right. When you have cops riding around uh, looking to pull people over, not because to make the community safer uh, not because they didn't signal at the stop sign, but because you think that you can uh, extract some money from them. Um, With impunity, then it creates very dangerous situations because that impunity carries on to what Uh, shootings, uh, et cetera. And then you've also got uh, people, cops pulling over cars, uh, not for legitimate reasons. And so uh, the ultimate end here is that you have a complete bastardization of what it means to be a cop in the United States. Right. Because if a cop is more likely to pull you over and steal from you than a robber, then where the fuck are we?
0: I tell you where we are. Um, <laughs> I know this isn't related, but <laughs> it's bizarro world. This is what the podcast is called. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> did you read about the proud boy rat that got shot in Washington?
1: Oh, did I? No, I don't think I did.
0: All right. So so in Washington State, so I ranted, shit, I ranted last week about federal informants and the lack of accountability and how, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a fan, right? Um, be accountable. You commit a crime. Man up, you don't commit a crime, then you should get full protection of the law. Simple accountability seems basic and plain to me. So don't like informants. Anyhow, <laughs> the Proud Boys and another group got into it with, you know, the other side at an anti-vax rally on September the 4th. And this this guy, Tiny is his nickname, he's a big, huge dude, right? Um, who's, who's a part of the Proud Boys um who was proven to be an informant you know months ago the paperwork came out he was ratting on his own group well here we are a couple of months later the guy is headed to prison uh for violating his probation he's still showing up at these rallies he got shot in the foot and now apparently according to the news you know there's supposed to be you know another rally where they're going to get together and you know I-, I don't know shoot shit up like in defense of the rat It is crazy Looney Tune time in America right now, Nick. So I don't know how informed people are about the way that the streets used to work once upon a time, right? Once upon a time, the worst thing you could be in a neighborhood anywhere, whether you were in Italy or Mexico or in Chicago or wherever, was a rat. If you were an informant, you had no morals, no scruples, you were a pariah, right? And apparently now, not only is it okay to do that within your little group, like it's it's apparently okay to do so in front of the eyes of the federal government because it's beyond me why this guy. Well, it's not beyond me. He's a federal informant. I get it, but it's it's beyond me why this guy continues to be allowed to go to these events, be violent. You know, there's a quote where he says, "You know, I'm not going to stop being violent. I'm not going to quit seeking confrontation." And he's just allowed to roam around free to be a pariah in society, on law-abiding society. If I am a citizen in Washington state, in Olympia in this case, and I'm just minding my business and I just want to go to the bakery with my kids and have a, have an espresso and, and, and a scone. I don't want to deal with any of these assholes out there that, 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 you know, may may shoot off a, a random shot or a stray bullet. You know, in Chicago, there were 60 people shot this weekend, seven fatally. Um, Go arrest everybody that's doing this shit. But it's beyond me why in America in 2021, we're at such a point where like this doesn't even register on people's radar that the federal government is encouraging federal informants to continue to commit violent crimes or, or be a part of like violent behavior as they're headed to prison. It's Is it not crazy to you, Nick?
1: Oh, it's absolutely crazy. We we talked even last week about how or maybe the week before about how, you know, we think the de facto policy is to defi- divide. I mean, what else could it be? The arguments that I hear coming out of the of politicians and uh, how disingenuous it is, it just doesn't make any sense. And it should be see through for anyone with half a brain. Like, just think about what you said about with Biden mandating things, but uh, not for Congress or at a higher level. Just think about like the. Uh, the, Fed, the Fed members last week who were, you know, call trading this market that they're pumping <laughs> up themselves, right? And so, I mean, it's at every level, right? And they, they debase it down to um, the dumbest, most divisive things that they can, I think, get the most people to uh, bite on. And uh, that becomes the the narrative or whatever at the day so that you're obfuscated from um you know whatever pay in record prices for that new used car or for mm. the coffee that you got to drink every morning or um you know whatever it is it's the it's the frog in the pot thing right and if the frog is pissed off at xyz then the frog is too busy getting boiled alive right
0: a lot of boiling alive going on uh, and again i know this makes for good headlines and the only reason i bring it up is because i keep wanting to drive the message home on this podcast do not fall for it do not go in the streets and 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 risk your life unless you know you are really 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 invested in this in some sort of personal way which which in that case I understand you know you you, you punch my sister you touch my kid or something you're going to have a problem but outside of that don't fall for it, everybody. It's 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 all meant to distract. It's you know it's the modern day coliseum, right? It's just happening in the streets. It's happening in Oregon. It's happening in Washington State. It's happening in Chicago for different reasons. It's it's still the same thing. And just again, there's a lot more in common than than there is things that separate us. And bottom line is, we don't even have to have anything in common to 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 agree that we just want to provide a stable life for our family and and ourselves and be left the fuck alone, right? No,
1: it's absolute noise. That's uh, 100% right. And so, um, you know, think back to that, uh, how you teach kids patient, right? Do you want uh, one piece of candy now or two pieces of candy in, in 10 minutes? You always just got to be the two pieces of candy person, right?
0: That's it. That's it. 100% right. Um, Nick, I know you wanted to talk about a new financial scam. And I think we interacted about this about a week or so ago, if it's the same one. Um so I'll let, I'll let you do that. Did you want to get into that today?
1: Yeah, just wait. So, <laughs>
0: um, you know, last week I talked
1: about Robinhood and Klarna and I talked about how um, especially Robinhood was trying to get its hands on more of your dollars, specifically uh, middle class dollars, uh, because uh, you're the product for Robinhood. They're selling your uh, trading data to the bigger fish in the Wall Street Uh, see. And so um, it just got me thinking about how all these, uh, a lot more people are in the markets now. We see about the rise of the individual investor. We see about all these cryptocurrencies and altcoins and shitcoins and all this uh, stuff that's selling for record prices, whether it's uh, Magic the Gathering cards or sports cards or non-fungible tokens or uh, what was it 10 minutes ago? An invisible statue, right? (laughs)
0: An invisible sculpture.
1: (laughs) With, with with these uh, record asset prices, I won't call them bubbles because we don't know, but with these record asset prices, and I would also add with uh, record government stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. People sending out uh, checks, there was a lot of liquidity in the system. And so, um, sorry, I just got to mute something real quick. Um, I see these messages popping up recently in like, um, comment sections about, and they're, they're well organized, right? So it'll be like a video about any investment, doesn't matter what it's about, but then like three comments down, it'll be like, man, I just invested money with John Doe and I was able to turn 12 grand into 26 grand in three months with his uh, conservative strategy. And then you Google that person's name and it's, uh, like this boilerplate website that comes off on as sort of like a scam, right? Uh, But they have up their uh, broker license numbers and this and that. But if you Google the broker's license numbers, they're not like real people. And I've seen multiple instances of this, right? And it's coordinated because then people comment on the comments. Oh, yeah, I invested money with that person too. And I did great. I turned X into Y, whatever it is, right? Um, And then I'm starting to hear uh, via social media, like some sob stories about investing with people like this and sending them money and how the returns... Uh, sort of Ponzi style would come back for a couple of months, but then how the uh, a little bit down the road, the entire initial seed capital disappears, right? Um, and so it just a, a one, I guess, a word of warning that I'm seeing these uh, increased, I'm just going to call them financial scams, uh, investment scams, and they're spending ad dollars or paying people to bots or actual people to post messages uh, about it. And I guess really what I wanted to say is, You know, there's no free lunch at the end of the day. You're not uh, wiring somebody 10 grand and getting 18 grand back like four times in a row inside of a month. Like that's just not real. And that's what uh, also I meant about, you know, the being the two pieces of candy person, like even with these record asset prices and even with uh, altcoins going to the moon and uh, Wall Street bets and whatever it is, um, that lottery ticket in the market is... Uh, just that. It's a lottery ticket. It's why uh, the lottery isn't a a retirement plan, right? And so um, just a word of warning, and I guess to keep an eye out on, because they they seem increasingly complex and they seem increasingly uh, coordinated and they seem increasingly multifaceted. And what I mean by that is uh, they have an actual website, they got some social media profiles, and they're looking like real humans making these uh, comments. And it's just getting... Uh, sophisticated and maybe a bit harder to to separate uh, what's real when it comes to to financial advertising and I guess um, turning the conversation to to myself puts the onus uh, on us a bit more to have even better products and, and messaging and uh, better communicate our realness. I guess
0: absolutely and look to that end, you know, shout out to Art because our 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 team of of, of company people got together and, you know, Nick sent out the the original website and we all kind of looked at it and scanned really quick. And, you know, Art took, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes and noticed that there was a one of these, you know, boilerplate testimonials that talked about even in the time of COVID, you know, she was able to use her conservative strategies to make me however much she supposedly made them. And then the date was like January 2018. <laughs> right. Totally
1: pre-COVID. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. So. and that and that
1: was just one site. I found a bunch more like that. Just and it's always three names. But anyway, like John Q. Smith or whatever. It's it's well done, I guess, if that's your bag.
0: Yeah. Be careful out there, everybody. Be careful. If you want real information from real people, go to resource Go to dailyprofitcycle.com. Go to digestpublishing.com. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a comment. Um, Always happy to respond. Nick, we've been at it for almost an hour. I know we could do this forever. Is there anything else you got to get off your chest? Anything that you're watching? Anything people should be aware of this week?
1: No, we're headed here into fall. September is uh, typically one of the roughest months for stocks. Uh, Last week, you got another air quotes here, You know, monthly sell-off, but... Uh, the fear gauge is continuing to nosedive down. This market seems like the stock market I'm talking about, like it's going to continue to be uh, healthy and um, stay invested. And if you took the summer off, get back to it.
0: Get back to it is right. That's all we got this week, everyone. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode slash therapy. One hundred of thirty four of Bizarro World. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.